Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Have You Seen? This is the Howard the Duck half-iversary special. We are half a year old today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of this week, this show, really. Yeah, yeah, this show. Uh, and we decided foolishly, as a quote-unquote treat, <laughs> that we would uh, review one of the worst movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It has the legend of being one of the worst movies of all time. George Lucas gave up his presidency of Lucasfilm after making three incredibly successful movies called Star Wars. Yep. And decided that this was going to be his first project. And he would have made uh, Indiana Jones by this point. He would have as well. So, um, five, uh, third Indiana Jones was 89, so he would have made... Two of those. Two two Indiana Jones movies and three Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, And American Graffiti, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, And then Howard the Duck. Yes. Um, It is available on uh, Netflix streaming in the Mm UK. Which is how we watched it. Yep. That's how I watched it. Anyway. I meant to see if they'd done a Blu-ray release. <laughs> There's a DVD. Is there? Yeah, there was a wow. special edition DVD a few years ago, which right. has got uh, commentaries from some of the people in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, that could be quite interesting. Yeah. Well, uh, let's start with the people in it because the first thing I didn't realise. Yeah. Oh, I'm Kieran, by the way. Kieran Lafort, as usual, and uh, this guy is Tom Webb. Yes, as um, always. <laughs> sometimes you're not. Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, the people, the people in it. I didn't realise that Lee Thompson, yeah, Back to the Future fame, yeah, and uh, Tim Robbins are yep. in this, along with two other faces I recognised but couldn't name. Yeah, um, the villain guy, Je- uh, oh, Jim Jeffries, possibly. He was in Ferris. He was the the teacher in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's yep. that's the 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 thing that you most recognise him from. He's been in lo- he's in loads. Of He'd stuff. have been a, that that would have been a big hit by this point already, wouldn't it? Ferris that Bueller was that the year before eighty yeah, five. I think so. I think so. I might see if I can have a look. Around the same kind of time, isn't it? Signal. Good luck. Okay. Thomas is attempting to get a signal in the studio with his phone. Um, and the, one of the scientists also I recognise from a whole bunch of things. He usually plays comedy scientist. I'm sure he's not a uh, particularly massive name. I'm basically just killing air here while Tom is faffing about on his iPhone. Uh, Jeffrey Jones. Good. That's who it is. There we go. Um and he, uh, oh, the top three movies on his uh, thing here are Ferris Bueller's Day Off, which was 86, so the same year. Same year. Uh, Sleepy Hollow okay. uh, and Devil's Advocate. But I'm pretty sure that he was in some other like fairly big 80s movies. Oh, he's in loads of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I recognise him straight off. Where do we start? Well, um... With Howard the Duck. It's difficult to say because... Um, Sorry. Oh, he was also in Beetlejuice. There we go. And stuff like that. Yeah, loads of stuff. Um, I I get. I would imagine, like me, your notes are in a fairly chronological order going through the fairly. film. Fairly. How how much did you write in terms of notes? About two and a half pages. I've maybe written three. three pages of notes. Yeah. yeah. I've never written this many notes on a movie we've done me on this either. show before. No, me either. Um, we have uncommonly for the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's because it's a half anniversary special edition. We've come armed. Yes. Uh, we each are armed with a Nerf gun. Yeah. Uh, and we decided that if either of us has anything nice to say about this film at any point, the other one is allowed to shoot them. Okay. The now, rules here right. are if you've written something nice in your notes, you have to read it out. You can't skip anything. We can swap notes at the end so we can see if anybody's cheated. And if anybody's cheated, they get shot twice. Okay. Why? Are you now looking at the paragraphs you want to cut out? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just. You looking. haven't got pens. So you can't cross no, them no, out. No, no. I'm just looking to to see um, if anything could be misconstrued as being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. What about um, what about trying to find something good in it? 
trying to find something good in it. Yeah, okay, so this is an example. I don't want to say anything because you'll shoot me. No, no. <laughs> for for example, if I was to say... <laughs> if I was to say that Jeffrey Jones was the best thing in this, that's kind of a positive statement, but that doesn't mean it's good. No, I'm torn. Because <laughs> that's not necessarily good, but I really want to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, perhaps mm. we'll have to we'll have to judge it on a on a note by note basis. I'll take that one under advisement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, where I don't, I honestly don't know where to begin. I will outright say now this is the worst movie I've ever seen. And bear in mind that on this show alone we have yeah. covered Redline, yeah, uh, Cool as Ice, yeah, and the unreleased Fantastic Four yeah. movie, yeah. Oh, and that- I personally have watched Birdemic twice. Yes. I, this I, is worse than any. All of those have some kind of charm to them. Yeah. In whatever way. Yeah. This has, to me, had none, nothing. No, absolutely. Nothing. I um, I think one of the things that really struck me about this movie is the fact that if they'd known the target audience, they could have made it great. I don't know about great. Well, they could have, better, they could have made a good film. Less awful. Well, no, what I'm thinking is... Not an absolute stinker. No, but what I'm thinking is like... The first half of the movie is very different to the second half of the movie. The second yeah. half of the movie is very much a kid's film. Yes. Albeit with some quite horrible looking monsters and what have you. Mm. But the first half is kind of like an R-rated comedy, but without really pushing the jokes. Yeah, it really. That's one of the notes I wrote. Is this does not know what its audience no. is. And the thing is that um, there's a movie coming out soon, uh, made by Seth MacFarlane called Ted. Do you know what? I was watching. Uh, I was watching part of this. Yeah. And I saw. It was actually the scene where they're all three of them are jammed in a car, and uh, the scientist Jim Wassey's face, yeah. the scientist, is kind of in the middle of transforming into the villain yeah, as Jones. he's trying to yeah. drive. Yeah. Um, and the duck is sandwiched in the middle. And there's a scene in Ted. Right. Where um, Ted is driving the car, and those two things just kind of came together in my yeah. mind, and I thought. Oh God! What if Ted turns out to be this? Well, this, what I was thinking was that wow, what they should have done then is do what they're doing with Ted now, yeah. and that is know that it's an R-rated comedy, push the swearing, push the vulgarity, and like you know, they really should have gone for it. Add a Thunder Buddies song. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that um, I think the big problem is it was George Lucas because he he you know, you know how he always wants to make things family friendly uh, to the point of going back and sanitizing the movies yeah. that he's already yeah, yeah. made and it kind of made me wonder it's just like well they've well the i don't original... know what the original comic is like and i'm assuming it's a bit more bawdy and a bit more full i believe so yeah so uh, it was Howard kinda... apparently supposedly quite unlikable yeah and that's the way they should have gone with it i think mm. the original home entertainment release of this was cut really yeah stuff like um there's a bit where the um Villain decides he needs more power, more juice, more energy yeah. while he's driving a truck. Mm. And he sticks out an extremely long prehensile tongue yeah. and plugs it into the lighter socket right, yeah. and takes the electricity from there. That's cut out. Oh, really? Um, there's a there's a bit where um, Lee Thompson's going through Howard's wallet. Yeah. And she finds like credit cards and banknotes and a condom. And the yep. condom bit is cut out. Right. Now, that's interesting. You remember last week I said there was only one thing I could remember about this film? Yeah. That was it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So that was in the video or the TV that I saw. TV okay. version I saw. Um, and I remember thinking as a kid, and I must have been probably 10 or under, I wasn't I wasn't kind of like weirded out by the fact that an anthropomorphic duck had a condom in his wallet. Right. What really freaked me out was that it was just a loose condom. 
it didn't have any kind of packaging. I thought exactly the same thing. <laughs> and it still weirds me out now. I'm just they didn't, like, they didn't make a, a joke out, out of it, like, have, I don't know, in a Duck Rex packet no, or exactly. anything yeah, like yeah. that. It's it was just, just a, a loose cut. It's like, how unhygienic <laughs> is that? <laughs> I know. Um, well, For we, all concerned. Should we should we go back and go through this chronologically? Because yeah. I think I think... We're jumping about a bit yeah, in the head, yeah. but we've each got like three pages of notes. This is going to be a long one, people. I think And so, I have my yeah. finger over the bleep button because I don't trust myself not to use some words <laughs> no, that no. we usually do not use on this show. No. In actual fact, I've written a lot of words that we do not usually <laughs> allow out on this show. Okay, so... I, actually, can I start at the very beginning, before the movie? Okay. I want to say kudos to UK Netflix for leaving both the FBI warning and the US certificate on the front of their streaming oh, yeah, version. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, do you know what one of the biggest disappointments about this film for me is? What? It was scored by John Barry. Was it? Because I only saw Thomas Dolby in the music credits. No, no, John I know Barry. I he wrote the songs. And what's really bad is that once you get further on when there's a bit of action, you start to hear little things that are like, oh, well, that sounds a bit like Moonraker. Or, and it's just like, oh, no. My least favourite of the Bond films. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's just like, there were tiny little phrases and I was just thinking, oh, my God, that just sounds like it could be in a Bond film. And it, I, I was just so sad. <laughs> that, that someone of John Barry's calibre had, had just had, taken the had, check yeah had yeah. done this and I was just oh so disappointed mm. in fact I wrote in big letters John Barry oh no <laughs> <laughs> I hope the oh no is in smaller letters <laughs> um, yeah, just right from the beginning it's bad there's all the yeah. unfunny duck puns yep. on the um, mm-hmm. I have a feeling I'm going to get my first shot here right splash dance made me laugh a little okay right oh no oh <laughs> That was quite accurate. That was quite a reverberant chest bone <laughs> was, I've just yeah. discovered. And, and I got my dart back. Nice. Which may come in handy. Man. <laughs> Four minutes and 23 seconds this has been running, and yeah. I wrote, the duck costumes are all awful. Yes. Uh, they're terrible. They keep changing size and shape. Yeah. They're, they're out of proportion. There's one bit where... Um, Can I just say something? Yes. $20 million. On the duck costumes. That's how much they cost. Good God. The whole I movie so, was yeah. like 38 was it 38? Something no, like, whole movie cost uh, like 30 something million dollars. Yeah. This actually made money slightly. What? Yeah. Wow. On theatrical release, this made 1 million dollars more than its budget. Wow. Um see one of my comments was uh, kind of to do with the costumes was a duck with boobs. I've written feathery tits. That is just wrong. In big letters. And also, we had a, a comment sent to us on our Facebook wall. Oh, really? Uh, from David Loring, who I believe is one of our Antipodean listeners. Oh, right, he's, cool. He's a man of Australia. Right. Uh, and he's written, somewhere, at some point in time, someone in Hollywood decided that spending money on creating duck tits was a high priority enough to green like this film. <laughs> brilliant. I like, wouldn't it be brilliant if the only reason this film got greenlit was like, okay... I'll give you the money, but you've got to keep in the duck tits. They do it twice as well. Yeah. There's the, the play duck spread. Yeah. And then when um, the duck when in the bar. Howard gets yeah. fired, like sucked out but, of his apartment yeah. by the right, he shoots through an apartment and there's a naked girl duck in a yeah. bath yeah. with no, feathery duck tits. Yeah, yeah, just sitting there. And th- again, you're coming on to my next point. He He's sitting in an armchair and for no reason whatsoever, well, there is kind of a ba- vague reason, he gets sucked through this portal mm. off up into space. Mm. Okay, I can accept the fact that we're in a world where there's an anthropomorphic duck hmm. who is horny and carries a condom around with him. But why doesn't he asphyxiate in space? Can that I, really I? bugs me. Really? Yeah. Of all the things. Of all the things about, about this film. film. Yeah, that really, really bugs me. It's kind of like... You see, the, the I, thing is, though, right, there's, there's this kind of tube of light that he goes through. And it's like, okay, that's fine. But then the tube of light stops... 
It does. Yeah, it's not continuous. No, it's not. It? it stops and he disappears off into space, and then he 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 enters another one that comes into our Earth. Yeah. Uh, and it's kind of like, well, hang on, why didn't they just make the tube continuous? Because then I wouldn't be bothered about whether he asphyxiated or not. I just assume well, there's air in there. Similar, kind of related to that, is yeah. they can't seem to decide whether he's from another planet or an alternate universe. Yes, yeah. Again, bugs because, me. There's, because there's an opening, there's an opening voiceover that's talking yeah. about all the possibilities of other universes. Yeah, and this is the thing. He's obviously well, physically, it looks like he's from another planet. Yes, but when you look at his world yeah. at the beginning it's a it's, it's an just exact replica Earth. of new yeah. york and it's yeah. alternate earth but it's got two moons it's highly highly bizarre we yeah. we're five minutes into this film yeah and we are more than five minutes into this recording oh, okay um what did i put oh is this whole movie adr'd nobody's voices fit really I, lots I, of I, people I, were redubbed right I'm sure. I, I wasn't paying oh, that uh, much like, attention even like in the first 10 to 15 minutes all the right. stuff in the alleyway and yeah, the yeah. homeless woman who finds him yeah. and all the rest of it um, everybody's been done later and there's a cop towards the end a fat cop with a moustache yeah. who quite obviously is, does not have his own voice <laughs> right it's just yeah my, my next one was Quack Foo Yes. Could they not have come up with like a more creative Pun. thing than Quack Foo there no. must be one yeah and and it was just like, well, hang on a minute, you've to think got of one. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not even going to bother trying to think of no. one. Um, but he, you know, he's a tiny guy in a suit. How he when he does this quack foot, it's not he just kind of runs into people. It's not even like it's he does know, a kick or two. Yeah, but it's kind of like you're in a fairly immobile suit. Yeah. Why would you give your main character some kind of martial art? Yeah, <laughs> it's just like it would have been much better if he talked his way out of the situation or done something else. On the subject of fighting, yeah. The opening alley fight mm. where Howard saves um, Lee Thompson's character called Beverly, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Howard saves Beverly from yeah. some stereotypical eighties movie punks. Yeah, she's really giving it some in that scene. Yeah, she doesn't really need his help to start with because she absolutely leathers one <laughs> yeah. guy, um, and then once he joins in, she picks up a pipe or a stick or something and really whacks this stuntman <laughs> yeah. in the back. <laughs> Um, also, she looks like she's come from auditioning from a live-action Gem and the Holograms movie. That's exactly what I thought. <laughs> I've, I've written that down somewhere, I'm sure. I think it's actually near the end where you see like a full-on performance. I think I've yeah. just put, I'm getting Gem flashbacks. Yeah. And I even actually, on, on uh, I think on one of the Netflix, they've actually got the Gem cartoons. Oh, they've so got I, all of it. Yeah, so I went to have a look just to see if I, I was actually making the correct association, and I definitely was. I think so, yeah. yeah. Um, structurally, this is all over the place. Yeah. This is... I don't know. It's not... Oh, God, I don't know where to start. I honestly don't. It's not... It's an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. Which is... Well, it's two movies. There's the There's the the, the kids' action adventure movie, but there's also the, the, like, fish out of water movie at the beginning. But I mean, no, no, no. I'm not even talking from that standpoint. I mean that um, it rattles through a whole shit ton of plot points yeah. but goes nowhere at the yeah. same time mm-hmm. like for example um, they play the uh, time for the couple to get back together ballad after their first meeting yeah and it's clearly in some places setting up a love story between Howard and Beverly yes that I have. Some, out, we'll actually. get to that later I have a very large note that took up two lines yeah uh, that I shall need to read about um, interspecies relationships <laughs> yes okay um, I, I I think already at this point, I mean, by what, Quack Fu, that must be, what, 15 minutes in? Yes. Yeah, I've already written, how did anybody think this was a good idea? I wrote, hang on, I need to find it, it's later on. Um, 
easily the worst movie I've ever sat through. Um, how did anyone involved ever work again? And I don't just mean in the movie industry. I mean, if somebody, if I was a manager of Tesco and somebody had rolled up with Howard the Duck on their CV, I'd yeah. have told them to f*** off. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've, written, I've written that same note further down. <laughs> um, my next one is, why is Howard sheltering from the rain? Surely the natural combination of oils on his feathers would keep him dry. <laughs> He's a duck. <laughs> that's their main. Right, that's wet. their main feature, and there's even a saying based solely on their imperviousness. <laughs> well, he, this is a duck who can't swim. I know, but still, he's a duck that you know. Right? Okay, you may be able to find a duck that can't swim. But I bet you there isn't a duck that isn't impervious to water. Okay. Unless it's one that's been like, you know, unless it's been covered in detergent or something. Yeah. There was a line that made me laugh and not for a good reason, so don't shoot me. Okay. Somebody, I believe it's Lee Thompson, right. uses the phrase grungy mongholes to describe <laughs> the type of place in her band play. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> I had to rewind it. He was like, we should be playing stadiums, not these kind of grunty mongholes. <laughs> Amazing. Another genuine smile was raised, so I'm going to steal myself. Right. His driver's license says he needs to wear contact lenses. <laughs> and I don't know why that tickled me. Right, you're getting shot did. for that. I know. Hang on. Oh, God, I hope you like something about this film. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my next note was the one about the condom. Yes. Uh, and then my next one was, how young is Tim Robbins? I wrote, Jesus Christ, Tim Robbins is huge. Yeah, I was going to say. And, and who, apparently a retard. Yeah, and, and then I put, and who thought it was a good idea to cast him against a four foot duck? Yeah. <laughs> because he's literally. He's six four. Yeah. He, he's yeah. massive. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, I don't know how tall the ducks were, but. They I, claim, they claim his height to be three foot two. In okay, the movie. fine. So therefore he's effectively. He's double the height of the double duck. Double the height Maybe of the duck. Maybe that's why. Maybe, but I mean. <laughs> I was just, I just got the mind boggles as to a why would Tim Robbins do that film? Yeah. Why would Lee Thompson do it? You know, why would any of them do it for a start? I assume it's because George, George Lucas. Lucas. Yeah, that would but be that was the thing. I imagine. I, I wonder if it was a. I, I'd love to know at what point they realised. Oh dear, this is terrible, and yeah. we need to carry on. Yeah, pretty early on in shooting the duck stuff, I, I was reading. Oh really? Yeah, when they realised that the first duck costume they had, every time it opened his mouth, you could see the back of its neck. Oh dear. Yeah. Um, I know that the uh the guy in the suit couldn't see out of it right properly, uh, and very often had to be placed in his final position if he had to walk through a scene, and right. then walk backwards and count the number of paces backwards really? to his starting position. Because I know there were lots of different ones. There were lots of different people in the suit. There's there was like one main seven guy, people. Yeah. I yeah. think there's six people in the suit and one guy doing the voice. Yeah, and it, but some of those people in the suit were kids or or young. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think... Midgets. Yeah, or I don't know what the correct term is. Little people, Little I think, people. isn't it? Yeah. Uh, one of whom went on to be in, in Bruges. Really? Yeah. The little guy in, in Bruges really? yeah, is, is in oh, Howard man. the Duck, yeah. Oh, man. Or he's, at least he's credited as being Howard at some huh. point. Interesting. Yeah. There are also some shots where it's clearly a full-size bloke. Really? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. I think there were some puppets as well at some point. Yes, must have been. Oh, there clearly are some puppets. Yeah. There's a scene where uh, police officers are, are stripping him. Yes. That, and they, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. And it is a terrible puppet. 
that has been backed up against a something yeah. that doesn't even look like a cabinet, which is clearly to hide puppeteers behind. Yeah. And it's awful. The proportions are all wrong from everywhere yeah. else you've seen him. It's diabolical. Yeah. Well, my next Go one is it. there's still 90 minutes left. Well, I wrote... I, I'm going back to before they get to Tim Robbins. Right. Was there? Could they not come up with a better plan than stick him in a bin liner? Yeah. Yeah. I... I and you think, I realise Beverly's not supposed to be a particularly intelligent human being. Eh. Well, so I don't think she's supposed to be that stupid, but... You know, I, she wouldn't have been out of place in The Pussycats. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. my next one is, I just don't understand this. <laughs> and then the one after that is, the band's manager co-wrote Cool Runnings. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You did way more research than I did. I wrote Ohio Bureau of Employment it's, Services. It's, That's oboes. <laughs> it's because I was bored. I was looking at stuff on the internet. Oh, um, yeah. Next one. I'd rather be watching Cool as Ice. Okay. Yes. Yes. I would say that all of those bad films that we talked about are better yeah. than this. Oh, I would absolutely. watch yeah. any of those movies yeah. again over this. Yeah, Even yeah. Redline, which is of currently four pounds on Blu-ray, I yeah, saw yeah. the other day. I was not tempted. Yes, I've written. This is unassailably awful in every conceivable way. Every conceivable way. And yeah. then after that, immediately after that, Tim Robbins is fucking dreadful. <laughs> yes, he is. I don't know how he got any other jobs. No. He's terrible in this. Film. No, yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't know what his character is supposed to be. No, is, nor is, does he, he, is he supposed to be a scientist? At some point, they make reference to a janitor, and it's just kind of. Like, I don't. I, he's I, a I, lab assistant, right? Okay, so I kind of got like, as what? a scientist. I think right. to impress the girl, right. who he has seems to have no romantic interest in, because he's with one of the other chicks in the band. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. And then, um, yeah, I, I've got to the point where it's just like, well, the sexual tension scenes. Oh, are just creeping me out way we too are, much. We and, are, and and how is it a PG? We are up to my uh, my big note. Right. I might need to get back from the microphone for this. Oh, good. To to deliver it at the in the spirit in which it was written. What the hell is a seduction scene about? <laughs> it's yeah. Although I have no problem with Lee Thompson in small eighties pajamas. Right. Fair enough. Why do they constantly imply that Howard and Beverly are going to get it on? I know. Even at the end, it's quite obviously faded out very quickly before they kiss. Yes. And I, I, I was always kind of like, well, hang on a minute. If this is the R-rated bawdy comedy, mm. then fine. But yeah. they should really go for it. And it should be really, like, either really silly or really kind of, you know, mm. really push the creepiness of it or whatever. But in this, which now seems like it's a kid's film, it's just like, I, yeah, I, I just don't... I don't know how they thought it was a good idea, or what, you know, I don't know where they thought the I line was. I don't know how anybody, how anybody thought any of this film I know. was a good idea. But it's just I don't know where the line was. You know, it's like normally there'd be a line. They're like, okay, well, you know, that's a bit too much for a kids' film, or that's you know. And then it's just like, well, hang on, where is that line? And it kind of just wavers and meanders, and it's just wow. No, I don't know. Next note. It's forty-nine minutes old, and it feels like a week. Yeah. Like I said, they rattle through a whole load of stuff. Yeah. It's almost like it's two pilots stuffed together, or like pilot yeah. and episode two stuffed together. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. God, could you imagine a TV series of oh, this? No. A oh. movie was bad enough. Yeah. No, definitely not a TV series. I, I've got uh, Tim Robbins' knees must be hurting by now because he spends most of his scenes crouching because he's so bloody <laughs> tall. <laughs> Just to talk to a man in a duck suit. Yeah. Um. The sequence in the Cajun sushi restaurant, 
I have written right. is the single worst thing I've ever seen. Given how much pro wrestling I've watched, just imagine the amount of ground that covers. <laughs> yeah. Although the climactic laser battle yeah. runs a close second. Yeah, that's that is pretty awful. Because that really doesn't make any sense. No. The thing about what I think I've got one note that came in the final battle, but it applies to the one you were talking about in the Cajun sushi place. Is mm. why does everything have to glow? It's the eighties, man. But it's like this is the other thing that really bugged me about this. Was like, okay, we've had Star Wars, mm. pretty decent special effects for the time. Mm. By this point, we would have had Ghostbusters and Back to the Future, mm. and you got ILM, mm-hmm. who are probably one of the best effects houses that have ever existed why is this why are the effects in this so bad i mean they're so so bad mm. all of the compositing the matting all of like the the hand drawn on glowing effects are just yeah just look awful and it's well, like i guess it's that by the time you get to that stage in the production yeah you've, you've rough cut the movie and yeah. you know how bad it is or maybe okay, it's, well, that's the just point where they thought, well, just yeah just don't bother you've got a week to do all the effects get to it yeah, because you'd, th- you you'd, yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd think that George Lucas would use this as um, a showcase. You know, this is like, you know, this is Lucasfilm. Look at the amazing yeah. stuff we can achieve. We've got a talking duck and glowing monsters. Yeah. And it's, it's like, whoa, wow, really? I yeah. mean, I think I think the effects in Biggles Adventures of Time are better than this. Possibly. Because they're kind of similar. Yeah. They make more sense, at least. Just about. Yeah. Going back to you, the problem you had with um, the the tube, the interstellar tube, or whatever the hell it is, yes. where he would have asphyxiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How does a dark overlord demon from space know phrases like "if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen" and <laughs> what a nuclear power plant is? <laughs> also, funny. why does he need to take the visitor tour to break into the <laughs> nuclear power plant if he's like a dark overlord demon from space? That's true. Before we get to that, though, yes. Uh, we've skipped a few notes in the Cajun sushi thing. Oh, I I had one note. I my jaw was agape at this yeah, point. This is the point where I've put. You can decide whether or not I should get shot for this. But this is the that is the point at which I thought Jeffrey Jones hamming it up might be the best thing in this, just because he was going so stupid with it. It got. Yeah. I I figured he'd got to the point where he'd just like you know what. I don't care anymore. I'm just going to make this look absolutely ridiculous. And he, and does. he does. And he does. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to shoot for the hell of it. Oh, damn it, missed that. <laughs> missed no, 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 that. wait. Oh. Yes. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Oh, and in one of the crowd shots, I've just written, Fat Nigel Mansell. Because <laughs> there was a bloke. <laughs> the, the, there's like this whole ruckus going on where they're attacking Howard for no apparent reason. No. When there's a guy glowing and spitting lightning at them. Yeah. And one bloke just turns around and he's like a Fat Nigel Mansell. <laughs> I have then skipped ahead. Uh, to the climax, really. Okay. Where they're in the whatever lab it's supposed to be, Doctor Thingy Bob's lab. Okay. The only note I have between uh, those two is Wilhelm scream. Oh yeah, there's, there's a couple at least in, one that, in this yeah, movie. There's yeah, there's two. I think. Um, oh, one thing I want to touch on before we get to the climactic laser battle thing. Yes. Is was that really Tim Robbins and a man in a duck suit flying that really unstable looking yes. thing? There were some shots where they those two had to do it for real. Because that, I mean, that thing looked like a death trap. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching... That's, those are the shots where some of the long shots, it's quite... Howard is quite clearly a full-grown man just wearing the <laughs> yeah. hat. I uh, I remember as a kid watching the 
Dukes of Hazard, and when the episodes where they couldn't afford to do a car chase, they'd break out the micro lights, which is just like a hang glider with a seat and an engine. Right. And and you know even those looked more stable than this thing. Mm. It's just all over the place. And yeah. I just, oh I, yeah. I don't know how. No I know one, they're supposed to be flying it badly. But. Yeah, but I don't know how anyone didn't die. Yeah. And there's some pretty like I mean, landing it on the top of a moving truck and then yeah. off onto the ground. It's kind of like. I would not want to be that stuntman. And the other stunt is the guy who hangs upside down by the crooks of his knees off the yes, thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was terrifying. Mm. So, to the climactic laser battle. Yes. Of which I have already spoken as being the second worst thing in this utterly terrible movie. Yes, yeah. I've actually, I think I might have even covered my notes for this, but carry on. Well, I may think the big more. problem... Yeah. The big problem they have to solve, even after they've defeated the bad stop motion monster, yes, is there and are more really bad. Oh yeah, there are more Overlord demony things coming down the laser to yes. Earth. Yeah, right. Why does no one just turn it off? Why do they have to blow it up? That's what I was thinking. I, I, all the time, I was just like, well, hang on a minute. Evil demon scientist man pressed the on button. Yeah. Can't Tim Robbins just run over and push off? Yeah. Or unplug it? Yeah. Yeah. Because let's face it. Just having someone push a button would have been more interesting than watching the special effects of it blowing up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why Why is the computer talking to everybody in English and expecting answers? I don't know. I, I, do you point- want to switch on the laser now? Yes, I do. <laughs> what? <laughs> do you want to calibrate to full power? I think I will. <laughs> that's not direct quotes, but that's the kind yeah, of yeah. thing, the kind of uh, snappy dialogue that goes back and forth between... No, it's George Lucas movie. Yeah. Finally, yeah, we're getting on to the final performance, the yes. song at the end. Yeah. And I have written right. that song. Yeah, I have no words. <laughs> I just could not comprehend what I was watching. No, no. It seems to be a rock love song to the duck. Yes. From the woman that he's not supposed to be having a, a relationship with because yes. it's a PG. Yes. Yeah. My, my only note was duck guitar solo. That was it. <laughs> half of which, half of that stuff appeared to be ripped off from um, the Back to the Future. Back to the Future. Absolutely, yeah. 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 He even does the, the, the same move. Maybe it was Michael J. Fox in the suit. <laughs> it's about the same height. <laughs> well, I, can, I know why he does the move, because it was a Chuck Berry move. And yeah. It's called the Duck Walk. Yeah. So I, I kind of got but why he did that. apparently nobody had seen Back to the Future, apart from the bloke who went, we should get Lee Thompson for this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've run out. I've run out. I genuinely genuinely after this film I just oh. sat on the sofa and I was <laughs> numb and stared at the TV I had to go and put on some soothing music and have a shower to wash it <laughs> off me I, I've got two notes okay one of them was in the credits what is a duck coach like a 52 seater bus with <laughs> yeah, ducks there, on it yeah it just said duck coach I was like I've, uh, there's no explanation of what that even might be mm-hmm. um, and then my last final note is why is George Lucas allowed to carry on he has, because of the goodwill from the first Star Wars movie, yeah, and some would say the first three Star Wars movies, um, I don't, honestly, I have no idea how after those he's even been allowed to continue yeah. making, do, having anything to do with the film I think industry. I think it's just because he's got a load of money. Yeah. I don't know how he got that money based on this. He is consistently terrible at everything he does. Yeah. It's crazy. It, I mean, it is. A, uh, it's an unbelievable movie. This uh, one good thing did come out of the movie. You can't shoot me for this. Why? 
this oh, started the chain of events yeah. that would form Pixar. Yes, it did. Yes, I read about because this. Because Lucas, yeah. Lucasfilm kind of fell into uh, an ILM, kind of fell into uh, fell on hard times. Yeah, as as you as hard as you can get when you're a multi-millionaire having yeah. made three Star Wars movies um, and was forced to sell off its computer graphics research division mm -hmm. to a man named Steve Jobs who paid over market value for it and ended up yeah. eventually setting up as Pixar. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. That is probably the only thing, only good that, thing to come out The one good thing yeah. to come out of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's quite, it's quite amazing that, you know, you've got a reasonable cast. You've got kind of a, a, a reasonable uh, subject matter in that you know you've got an original comic book to work from mm. which is kind of like which a, they changed yeah which is kind of like a fun idea yeah and then you've got you know george lucas who should be able to throw loads of money at it and it's one of those equations that should add up to something really cool and it ended up being this feather encrusted turd yes um i have customer feedback brilliant uh, i'm also going to shoot you because it's uh, fun uh oh we have a comment on the blog. Oh, do we? Zach Davies right. says, I only remember little bits <laughs> of Howard the Duck, uh, but I seem to remember it having a rather charming monster at the end. Uh, I feel your uh, memories are slightly misplaced. Sir. Yes. Um, for that reason alone, I suspect it is not the worst film of all time. Okay. I think you ought to give a list of films that are worse. Okay. I don't have any films that are worse. Like I said, I'm the man who sat through Birdemic twice. Yeah. I've seen Fantasy Mission Force, which is a terrible Jackie Chan movie from the 70s, which is like Ghostbusters, <laughs> but with kung fu and terrible jokes. I I think there was always a kind of a benchmark for my I can think of movie. films I hate more than this, films I've disliked more than yeah. this, but objectively worse, I cannot think of one. Like I said, even Redline has a what-the-hell charm. Yeah. Cool as ice is comically endearing yeah. and actually is really nicely shot in some places yes yeah that's got redeeming features yeah I, you know, there even, is no, red, even red line is like if you're a car nut I'm not to even going to claim Lee Thompson in her little shorts as a, as a redeeming feature of this <laughs> yeah. film I'm trying to remember if I shot you for that uh, yes yes you definitely <laughs> did you absolutely did <laughs> I'm not sure um, yeah I know I always used to think that Air Force One was one of the worst movies ever made but Harrison Ford and Give Me Back My Family. Uh, yes. Um, I've never seen that. I think I think they handbrake turn a jumbo jet. <laughs> you cannot say things like that when I've just taken a mouthful of water. <laughs> uh, this equipment's expensive. Yeah, uh, yeah I, and I, I, ha <laughs> I haven't seen it for a very long time, so I'm starting to wonder, was it actually that bad? And I'm kind of hoping it was, but... Um, no, I'm, when, I'm when struggling. When we get doing another bad movie special, I'll let you. If you want to do it, we can do it. Okay, quite possibly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm. I really can't think of anything. I mean, Birdemic is unbelievably awful, and it's. I mean, it's badly but shot, it was badly made, made. It was made for ten grand by someone who didn't know what they were exactly, doing. Exactly. Yeah. Has, has some unintentional comedy in it. Yeah. Exactly. This doesn't even have unintentional I, comedy. This is the difference, I think. With all the movies we've covered so far, you can kind of enjoy yourself watching them because mm. you're laughing at it. Mm. Whereas this, you don't even get that pleasure. You no. don't even get that fun no. of, of laughing at it. It's just like, what is this and why it's is just it damaging weird my and brain? No fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Some people like it. Oh, you're kidding. 
I found some five star reviews. Of You're this kidding! Film. Five right, stars. Everything I'm going to read. Yeah. Were, all of these were five star reviews from Amazon. Right. I didn't bother going for. There are no one star reviews. What? There are no one star reviews. I might have to add one. There yeah. are no one star reviews of this film on Amazon. Okay. Um, I found lots of five star reviews. I'm going to read you some. Howard the Duck is the most underrated and abused films of the 80s. It's now becoming something of a cult, and I, for one, couldn't be happier. This has got to be one of my favourite films of all time and deserves to get recognition. Okay. It still scared the missus, and the kids love it. We've watched it eight times already, at least. Oh, all yeah. of these are different, by the way. All yeah. of these, review, I, all of these oh, I read will be different. Oh, where do I go? Uh... This is my favourite movie of all time. Everything from Thomas Dolby's excellent 80s punk rock soundtrack down to the amazing special effects makes this movie a must-see. Starring Lee Thompson as Beverly Switzler and Tim Robbins as Phil Blumbert. Who came up with the names of these stupid characters? And also starring Jeffrey Jones as Dr. Jenning, the Dark Overlord, this movie is truly underrated. I love this movie. Go watch slash purchase now. You won't be sorry. Oh, you will. You will. Yeah, oh, I you watched will. this for free and I felt ripped off. Yeah. Okay. This is a very strange movie about a talking duck that comes to Earth from another world. I don't know why so many seem to hate Howard, but I've always really liked him. I remember watching this over and over back in the day on VHS. This film is classic now and has great music in and a great story. Also, Lee Thompson was very hot in this. The cast and the acting is really good to me. I give Howard an 8 out of 10. Oh dear. I despair of some people. I really Which do. even, actually, yeah. 8 out of 10 if on a, the scale doesn't come to 5 stars. That'd be 4. That's, yeah, that's 80%, best. so yeah, that's yeah, four out of yeah. Anyway. Oh, God. Right, I'm going to read this one as is. Oh, okay. Uh, with all the typos and spelling mistakes. Okay. This film is a childhood favourite. And for those who think this Phil isn't watching, you're wrong. That's uh, Y-O-U-R, not Y-O-U, apostrophe okay. R-E. But hey, you're entitled to your views, so here's mine. I actually couldn't wait for this film to come out on DVD. It's a film for kids, it has humour, and is generally fun to watch. The actors are great for playing such difficult roles, and I praise them for being able to tackle these roles. It's probably not easy talking to a duck. This is a classic <laughs> film about a hero. If anything, this film shows how talented George Lucas is by coming up with this storyline and just having a fantastic imagination. <laughs> fantastic, brilliant. And finally, I couldn't let this one pass. The song, the demon, the duck boobs in a bath. It's all pure genius that you need to have in your DVD collection. Oh dear. There was something, uh, so in the one prior to that last one, it said it's a movie for kids. I, I don't it's think... It's not. I don't think any movie for kids should feature a scene set in a sex sauna. I Now, I forgot that. <laughs> I I must have written something about that. I really oh, I shouldn't go back and look. Where did the, that come? Yeah, that the whole job search thing. Yeah, he gets a job in a sauna where people meet up to have sex, and clearly some of them are having sex. Yeah, yeah. or you know, not far off it. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe I missed that out. Yeah, yeah. I did. This is definitely not a kids movie. No, that's the point at which they that, should that really. That was also be... one of the scenes that was cut out of the original right, video gotcha. release. Yeah, they that that was the point at which I was like, no, they should they should have made this like R rated and just really gone for it. But they didn't, and it sucks. It does, uh, mightily. Um, right, we have gone over half an hour on how the Duck. Okay, we better crack on then. Um, I demand good movies. Okay, I've got one for you. Good. Go for it. Okay. Um, and if it's not. Oh, it is. It is. Um, Citizen Kane, which you've seen. I have. 
is quite often regarded as the greatest film ever made, mm-hmm. which is debatable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's it's quite out there though. I mean, it's it's very very good and mm-hmm. interesting. Yes, um, but in terms of films made Ladies by, and we've just described one of the classic movies as interesting. Yeah, um, <laughs> Orson Welles for me. I think the better movie that he made is A Touch of Evil. Okay. So I'm going to pitch that to you. Okay. Um, now, I recently bought a really, really amazing Blu-ray set of this. Mm-hmm. And there are five versions of the film on it. Don't um, make me watch all of them. No, pick, I'm going to pick ma- one. I have picked one. Um, basically, the film was made in 1958. Um, but they showed it to a preview audience. Universal decided they were going to reshoot... And re-edit some bits of it. Mm-hmm. Didn't go down too well with Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. I he, imagine if they wanted to do that, they probably did it without the participation of Orson Welles. They did indeed. Yeah, he saw it. He wrote them a fifty-eight page memo. <laughs> um, <laughs> the conclusion of which is on the beginning of the movie of the DVD. It, okay. it, it tells this little story before the film starts. Uh, and in nineteen ninety-eight, Universal had the memo. They were going to, I think they were getting ready to do what would have been a DVD release, I think. Um, and they went back, found the footage, and they recut it as best they could in accordance to that memo. So, what I'm going to pitch you is the 1998 recut memo version that, that is as close to what Orson Welles wanted as possible. Okay. Um, because, you know, Orson Welles, he's one of those people that uh, had a very, very clear view of what he wanted mm-hmm. um, and quite often it was right <laughs> um, I'm not going to go over the top in telling you what it's about okay. um, other than it's a stark perverse story of murder, kidnap and police corruption in a Mexican border town Okay. Um, I'm going to cover a couple of things that I think going in might put you off a little bit well, not put you off but might make you go oh hang on a minute mm-hmm. um firstly there are some things that characters do in this which seem very odd mm-hmm. but i think given the time and the place and the naivety of certain characters it kind of makes sense okay so that's something to bear in mind i think with this is that there are some actions which don't translate over 50 years later okay because of the way things have changed in society and what have you whereas I think then they were probably quite, it was probably quite more a bit more plausible should we say there are some actions in Howard the Duck that don't translate well, 25 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that doesn't quite sit right is Charlton Heston as a Mexican oh I, I, no I need to see it just for that now all you, all you needed to say was <laughs> I'm going to picture a movie with Charlton Heston as a Mexican and I'd have bought it given that away. he's over six foot <laughs> And they have kind of, they have given him the tan uh, have they, have and they the dark hair a tea bag over him. and a moustache. <laughs> Thankfully, he doesn't do an accent. Really? I no. was looking forward to, senor, you no. can break this rifle from my cold dead hands. <laughs> no, he, he doesn't do an accent. Um, so you kind of just kind of forget it a little bit. Okay. Um, is, so it, you, is it like he kind of bumbles along and you get an hour and you realise, oh shit, he's Mexican. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's like, I yeah, mean, my name's Sanchez. Yeah, yeah, no, he, it's quite clear from the beginning that he's Mexican because he, he's he's one of the leads. Because he wears a sombrero. Yeah, basically your, th- your three lead characters mm. are uh, Charlton Heston as Mike Vargas and he's uh, very high up in the police uh, local government in Mexico on the mm-hmm. Mexican side of this border town and he's recently busted a massive drug ring. 
So he's quite a high-profile, important man. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Orson Welles as this grizzled old police captain, mm-hmm. detective, who just doesn't care about anyone at all. And he, Orson Welles playing Orson Welles. Yeah, well, he's just like it, no, more than he doesn't like he he like he looks scruffy and like he's just like he's really kind of just grizzled and grumpy and grumbling and that kind of stuff. Um, and you've got Janet Lee as the lead female. Oh, her again. Yep. Her off a psycho. Yes. Or pre-psycho. Pre-psycho, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things I like about it is that particularly the scenes that Orson Welles is in, mm. are the dialogue tends to be very natural in that people talking over each other yeah. and, and kind of multiple conversations going on at once, which in a film in 1958 was not very common at all. No, not not remotely. Um, the scenes where, that he's not in that tend to have actors used to a more 50s melodrama style still don't seem to get it quite so much. So like the scenes between Heston and Janet Lee, although brilliant, it's not got that naturalistic feel so much as some of the other scenes, if that makes sense. It would be interesting to find out if they were scenes that well shot or if they were part of the reshoots. Because you'd think if he was directing it, he would direct it in the same you style. You would think. So I, I, as far as I understand it, all of the stuff in this movie is stuff that Wells shot, okay. I think. I, I would imagine it would be. Um, the thing that I think you'll be most interested in is Wells pushing the boundaries of filmmaking. Mm. Um there are things which he kind he which he does in um, Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane yeah. absolutely. I, I would say I would say uh, to my knowledge at this time only he and Hitchcock were the people that were using camera work mm-hmm. to aid the story and to do things with it. The prime example of this movie and the fact that the this, the reason this movie is often used in film studies classes is because the opening shot is absolutely unbelievable. It, it's it's like t- almost 10 minutes long. I have seen only that shot of this film, right. and I believe it was in a film studies class. Yeah. Yes, it is. I know uh, you mention yeah. it, and I can see it in my head. Yeah, when you see it yeah. on this amazing Blu-ray transfer, it is mm. absolutely stunning. Um, what you wouldn't have seen in that film studies class is what comes after that, and mm. there are sequences that. Uh, I mean, there's one that's almost like J.J. Abrams' Paul Greengrass-esque shot, like handheld camera. Where people are running and he's mm. and the camera's moving backwards, but it's obviously handheld. Mm. Which again, I don't think I couldn't name. Given you, the size of a film camera in 1958, I couldn't tell you another movie. I mean, it might not be handheld, but it's cer- it's certainly not smooth. Mm. So it, it, if it's if it's on bumpy ground or whatever, if it's on a dolly, it would be on bumpy ground. Mm. But it, it looks handheld, um, and I couldn't I could not think of another movie that from that era or no. earlier that would have handheld footage in it. Um, so there's some really interesting framing and there's some really interesting filming techniques in it. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a great movie. It's one of those ones I don't know. Um, the plot is quite complex and kind of intriguing and convoluted. Um, but it was, it was mainly for the, the groundbreaking kind of interesting filming techniques, okay. really, that I thought I'd pitch it to you. Uh, and I think it's really great. It was an amazing movie. From 1958... Yeah. To 2010. Okay. Uh, I know we have ended up 
doing quite a lot of recent films on this show. We have actually, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I want to try and break that at some point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know. I'm sure I've got some more from 1971. Yeah, <laughs> the golden year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I kind of went back and watched something I remembered loving last year. Okay. Uh, and immediately, within two minutes, I loved it all over again. Oh, cool. The Coen Brothers version of True Grit. Oh, excellent! I've wanted to watch this actually. Um, uh, I'll give you the the basic plot. It's a much more simple plot than um. You said uh, that I want to call it Magnificent Ambersons. That's a different movie. That's a different Orson Wells movie, yeah, I know which is also Orson very good. Well, yeah. A different Orson Wells. A touch of evil plot. Touch you said got quite convoluted. This doesn't. Mm. A headstrong, quick-witted, 14-year-old girl hires a grizzled, one-eyed, alcoholic US Marshal to chase down the man who killed her father and decides to go with him. Cool. There, there you go. That's what, And they ride off in search of this man. Brilliant. Uh, the US Marshal is Rooster Cogburn. Uh-huh. Uh, Reuben J. Rooster Cogburn. Played by Jeff Bridges, mm-hmm. uh, who was Oscar nominated for his performance, yeah. got Best Actor nomination. Uh, the young girl is Matty Ross, played by Haley Steinfeld, uh, a newcomer. This was her first movie. Yeah, I remember she people also got an Oscar nomination for Best yeah, Supporting. I remember Actress. people going nuts over her performance. And as she's pretty much the only actress in this film, right. I don't know why it was decided she should be nominated for supporting and not lead. Oh right, yeah. This film actually was nominated for ten Oscars. Wow. Best Picture, Director, Adapted Screenplay, Actor, Supporting Actress, Art Direction, Cinematography, Costume Design, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing. Wow. It won none of them. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I think it's fantastic. It's brilliantly written and acted. Mm-hmm. I love the um, the meter and the, the cadence of the language. Right. Um, uh, it's much funnier than you think it's going to be as well. Right, okay. Um but not in a played for laughs kind of way. There are a couple of bits that are kind of played for laughs. Right. But it's just straight up wit. Yeah. Uh, the girl is constantly outwitting adults and right. making them look stupid. There's a great scene. I end up, most of my notes, uh, I've just written uh, the scene where Matty first encounters Cogburn. Right. And then I've written the, the horse negotiation scene. Right. And I just end up writing a list of great scenes. Okay, that's um, cool. Yeah, the scene where Matty first encounters Cogburn is very funny. Okay. Um, and also um, what I've called the horse negotiation scene mm-hmm. um, where she starts uh, make it, trying to make a deal with the man that has uh, been looking after her late father's horses right. um, is inspired. Okay. Uh, and just her outwitting these adults is a thing to watch. She's right. she's amazing. People hold up um, Chloe Moretz as kind of like the... Yeah. She's kind of like the standard for child actors. Yes, yeah. I think Steinfeld is better. Oh, okay. Universally, I think everyone in this film is great. Right. The other two major... Uh, three, I guess, major supporting actors, even though some of them only have small roles, Matt Damon... Mm-hmm. Is uh, um, Texas Ranger LeBeef. Yeah. It's spelt LeBeef, but they all call him LeBeef. Right. Um, he uh, He's very good. He's kind of, he's slightly buffoonish. Uh, uh, in actual fact, the first time Matty encounters him, she calls him a rodeo clown. Right. Because, uh, because he's from Texas and he's got that Texas showiness to him. So he's got fringe on his jacket right, and he wears yeah. some jingly spurs. Right. Um, uh, Josh Brolin is the man they're hunting. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and he's. Very good, as you expect. Yeah. And the other kind of name support is Barry Pepper. Right. Who you may remember from such films as uh, Safe and Private Ryan. Uh-huh. And he's the bloke who looks like the one who wasn't Keanu Reeves in Bill and Ted. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 
uh, he plays Lucky Ned Pepper, who's the leader of the gang that Brolin's character has fallen in with. Okay. Um, uh, and who uh, who will provide resistance right. to our our, our heroes. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, uh, a quick note. Mm-hmm. You may want the subtitles on. It's mumbletastic. Okay. Particularly if you've got Damon, Brolin, and Bridges all in one scene. Right. Um, something in particular happens to uh, Lebeef, which, which, shall we say, impairs his speech somewhat. Okay. So you've then got three guys putting on Wild West accents right. and mumbling quite a lot. Okay. It's, there's a lot of grizzled old man acting in this film. Fair enough. But it's great. Like I said, everybody's fantastic in their role. Yeah. Um, two other things I particularly like are the cinematography. Uh-huh. Uh, it's shot by Roger Deakins who is oh, okay, one yeah. of the great current cin- yeah. cinematographers. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, the score, which I've only seen this movie once before, but then it started playing the main theme, Refrain. Right. And I could, immediately I was humming it and finishing it. Right. It just kind of popped back into my brain. And okay. it's been stuck in my head since I watched the film oh, right. as well. Okay. Um, I believe this is also uh, the coming's most kind of like financially successful film Oh, that's it. Oh, okay. Uh, it cost $38 million yeah. and took 251 Wow. So wow. it didn't do too badly. That's, yeah, that's an, um, unbelievable. I think, all in all, it's just all around a fantastic production. Okay. And um, even though it's available for me to stream anytime I like, I'm probably going to go and buy the Blu ray. So okay. I've got a yeah, permanent yeah. fixed copy. It's interesting because um, I've always loved the kind of the stories of a Western mm. and kind of the era and the history and the whole kind of thing in fact you know i think one of my favorite video games i've ever played was red dead Redemption. i was gonna say when you finish watching this you'll probably want to pop in red dead Redemption yeah, for an hour, cause just I, to get a little bit more old west yeah i, I loved in it the thing is though i've never watched a western film you've never seen a western i never watched one all the way through i think this is a fine place to start because i funny enough often the ones i've always tried to watch i've always got a bit bored and mm. i have no idea why um, so I've never finished watching a Western film. And, I, but this I, is one I, I really want to watch. I so. hope you do finish watching yeah. this. Um, like I said, I was sucked in all over again from the beginning. Right. Um, it just pulled me straight in. Oh, cool. Um, and yeah, uh, I think I liked it even more second time round. Right, excellent. Cool. Are we done? I think we are done. And right. it sounds like we might have a, a good couple of movies for next We next We might week. do. After, after a few... Um, yeah, yeah. Turds. I know I've used that <laughs> word already. <laughs> we have we've gone through we've gone through a lot of meh and yeah, you uh, have actually yeah. a, a purposely chosen outright awful mess of a yes. film. Yeah. Um we should do all the contact but people how people could contact us and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. Lucky. Yeah. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it this week. Hey. I've written it in the back of my book. Hey. You can get to us on hey. Twitter. If you get this wrong, I'm gonna shoot you. Right. Good to have my notes. Yeah. And also a notepad to defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> and a gun. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter. We are at HYS Podcast. Uh, you can get to us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash have you seen podcast. Our blog is, wait for it, have you seen.net. We have a URL. I spent some money. Amazing. Uh, we have a URL. We are now have you seen.net. So no, no more of that bit.ly nonsense. And no more WordPress nonsense. Excellent. And to go with that, the new email address yeah. uh, is podcast at haveyouseen.net. Oh, perfect. The old email address still works, yeah. uh, but from, from now on, we will use podcast at haveyouseen.net. Oh, amazing. 
We should also do the thanks. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you to Upbeat Productions for the use of their studio. Yeah. I know we didn't thank them last week, but to be honest, they didn't deserve it because it was a complete mess and I tripped over a pile of tapes when I came <laughs> in. Um, but it's a bit tidier and it smells nicer than it has in the past. Um, and is once again a joy to report, record our podcast yes. in here. Yeah. And also thank you to uh, the Hasut technical guru, that is <laughs> Alexia Mum. Absolutely. For um, his magnificent beard and all his wonderful help. Yes. in getting this show on the internet so you can listen to it. Mm-hmm. If you have anything to say about the show, why don't you pop onto iTunes and uh, leave a review, mm-hmm. click a, a an appropriate number of stars yep. and leave a comment. Uh, all of that kind of thing helps our visibility on iTunes and yep. will help more people discover the show. Yeah. Uh, and we can never have too many people listening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and until next week, where it appears we will have a couple of crackers to talk about. Hopefully, yeah. Um. Oh, this fire. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye.